A very warm welcome to this service of choral evensong from St Paul's Cathedral for the fifth Sunday after Trinity. As we worship God through music, words and silence, acknowledging our need of God's grace, we hear the words of the psalmist. O be thou our help in trouble, for vain is the help of man. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord.
Here begins the 18th verse of the seventh chapter of the second book of Samuel. King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet this was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God, for you have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come. May this be an instruction for the people, O Lord God. And what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O Lord God. Because of your promise, and according to your own heart, you have wrought all this greatness, so that your servant may know it. Therefore you are great, O Lord God, for there is no one like you, and there is no God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Who is like your people, like Israel? Is there another nation on earth whose God went to redeem it as a people and to make a name for himself, doing great and awesome things for them by driving out before his people nations and their gods? And you established your people Israel for yourself to be your people forever. And you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, as for the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, confirm it forever. Do as you have promised. Thus your name will be magnified forever in the saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel. And the house of your servant David will be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made this revelation to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing shall the house of your servant be blessed forever. Here ends the first lesson.
Here begins the 41st verse of the 19th chapter of the Gospel according to St Luke. As Jesus came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognised on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another, because you did not recognise the time of your visitation from God. Then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling things there, and he said, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching in the temple. The chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people kept looking for a way to kill him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were spellbound by what they heard. One day, as he was teaching the people in the temple and telling the good news, the chief priests and the scribes came with the elders and said to him, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? Who is it who gave you this authority? He answered them, I will ask you a question, and you tell me, did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? They discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us, for they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. Then Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Here ends the second lesson.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Light and our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord. 
and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
So they answered that they did not know where it came from. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Albert Camus, a 20th century French-Algerian philosopher, said, In the depths of winter, I finally learned that within me they lay an invincible summer. Camus was praised for his boldly humanist values and his critique of the actual and philosophical pessimism that pervaded Europe in the post-World War period. He was a moralist and an advocate for the possibility of value and meaning in human life and existence. His writings earned him the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1957, three years before his untimely death in a tragic car accident. In the depths of winter, I finally learned that within me there lay an invincible summer. Beautiful words, quite inspirational and comforting, but why? Winter in the natural world is a time of dormition, cold and gloom. It's a time absent of growth, warmth and brightness. It isn't associated with rejoicing and it doesn't lend itself easily to gladness. In our second reading, we find Jesus standing before Jerusalem, weeping at his people's spiritual dormition, saying, they are like those that did not recognise that God is amongst them. The encounter that follows see Jesus accusing those in the temple of faithlessness and scandal. My house shall be a house of prayer, he said, but you have made it a den of robbers. A spiritual chill permeates the hearts of these folk. They have no faith in the Christ, even the Christ who walks amongst them. The chief priests, scribes and elders of the people questioned Christ's authority and tried to accuse and end him. They were like the barren winter's ground, for despite the Lord's work in their sight, the gifts of faith were not coming to fruition in them. Cranmer's prayer of confession comes to mind, and there is no health in us. We here might be able to associate somewhat with the feelings of a spiritual winter. Changes to our way of life, restrictions on usual freedoms and economic uncertainty can induce a lack of hope and worries about direction. It can feel a bit joyless and gloomy. And yet, despite the hardship and frustration of this time, life somehow continues and there is hope hope for times yet unknown. The voice of the Lord is heard, and the gift of faith hitherto abounds. We should not give ourselves over to anguish, but we can instead trust the promises of the Lord, that we reside safely in the Father's hands, and there too is the future, our future. This knowledge, this assurance, is that invincible summer which Camus speaks of, that the coolness of winter cannot destroy or decay. We believe in the Lord Jesus, the one who rose from the dead. He renews our common life and our ministry in this place. It is incumbent on us then to bring to the Lord all that is in need of renewal and growth in our communities. We ought to do this together in prayer, in conversation and in challenge. We cannot be as those men in the temple who gave up on prayer in pursuit of gain. We cannot be like the scribes who gave up on hope for fear of what change might mean. 
The voice of despair can echo around these walls if we allow it, deafening us to the Lord's voice as he calls us into the future. It is God's praise which is our mission, and good news is our message. It is for that reason that we are called together here and now. And so, we are not lost to despondency, but gladdened by the hope of resurrection, this invincible summer's heat. We can be hopeful of the unchanging promises of God. Then let us attend to him now and see what he makes of us. Amen. In peace, let us pray. We pray for the church throughout the world and within the worldwide Anglican communion for the people of the Anglican Church of Papua New Guinea and for Archbishop Allen. Within the Pourville communion, we pray for the Church of Norway and especially for the people of the Diocese of More for Bishop Ingeborg. Within the Diocese of London, we pray for Sarah, our Bishop, for the staff and students of St Melitus College, and for Andrew Verdeen, and for Fran, the Bishop of Kensington's World Development Advisor. We pray too for our world, and on this Sea Sunday, for seafarers and their families, for all victims of piracy and shipwreck, and for the work of the mission to seafarers and its kindred societies. And in the silence, we pray too for ourselves and for the communities from which we come, remembering especially the anxious, the lonely and the bereaved. Almighty God, who has given us grace at this time, with one accord to make our common supplications unto thee, and dost promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, thou wilt grant their requests. Fulfil now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants, as may be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come, life everlasting. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.